Please turn in your Bibles. Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew 12 and a couple of other places there on the board. Why do we work? Well, 1967, I worked because my dad made me. 1967, he got me a job in a grocery store, and I became a sack boy. In 1967, plus a couple months, several months, I got a pay raise to $1.70 an hour. Uh, became head sack boy. Stayed in that job. And it's funny, and you all can relate to this. When we first start a job, there's a novelty to it. We, we just can't wait to get a job and to get that paycheck. And I, I spent my paycheck, I, I confess, on donuts and candy, I think. But, but the novelty soon wears off, and then comes the routine. And for some of you, the routine lasted 30 and 40 years, wherever you started. Labor Day is all about reminding us of work. In 1882, a holiday was established to celebrate work, to celebrate labor, and to give us the first Monday of every September off to finish the summer and, and to start the, the fall. So I ask you the question, why do we work? Why do we work? And uh, the first thing I ask you is, do we work to get rich? I know my first paycheck gave me $56. That goes a long way in a donut shop. Why do we work? But I, I want to establish this right away. Wealth cannot produce wisdom. It cannot produce wisdom. For those who don't have a heart for wisdom, wisdom does not come from, from work. Wisdom can produce wealth and happiness. And I just want to point out to you that in many people's lives, it's the wisdom and knowledge of Jesus Christ. First of all, at the end of work, when they go to heaven... Secondly, though, to get through these times now using wisdom and knowledge. Proverbs 4 or 5, I think. Helps if you turn it on. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not. And she shall preserve you. Love her and she shall keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. The most important thing. Therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting get understanding. Exalt her. And she shall promote you. She shall bring you to honor. When you embrace her. Wisdom is the principal thing. We will be judged for what we treasure. What is most important to you, you will be judged for. 
for your priorities. I just want to read a verse out of Luke chapter 12, 20. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thou shalt be, thou shalt be required of thee, thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which you have provided? Verse 21 on the board. So is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Verse 31. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. Verse 34. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What do you treasure? That's, that's, that's the litmus test of, of where your heart is. Of course, of course, turning to Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, if you're with me. Matthew 12, verse 33, from last week's message. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree bad and his fruit bad for the tree is known by his fruit oh generation of vipers speaking to the religious very religious but lost people oh generation of vipers how can you being evil speak good things it's impossible for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We can fool a lot of people, we can't fool him. And what is it we speak the most of? Betrays where our heart is. Putting the word of God through word, through music, through prayer, putting it into our heart causes it to come out. It overflows. We live out of the overflow of our heart. Be careful. Be careful how much room you rent out in your heart. To riches. Luke 12, 13. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And then he said in verse 15, And he said unto them, Take heed that ye beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of of the things which he possesses. You can't take your toys with you. No one that's ever gone to heaven has taken a luggage with them with all their things. Wow. A, a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Warning about riches though. I want you to re realize not all riches are evil. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. But it's not, 
It's, it's the love of money. Many people have, have, have finances and they help use it. They share it with others. Usefulness as well. And with, with this said, it's very important for us to discriminate. Just because you have a healthy bank account doesn't mean you're covetous. It means you're successful and God has blessed you. There were many, there were many godly rich men in the Bible. It's the love of money, not money itself, that is the root of all evil. I know that in Proverbs eleven twenty eight, he said, He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. In Proverbs thirteen seven, he says, There is he that makes himself rich, yet has nothing. And there is he that makes himself poor, yet he has great riches. It was about... It was about 1985, 86. I'd been in, the, in my other church for five or six years. And I had the occasion to do some marriage counseling, one-sided. Only the lady came in. And that usually doesn't work real well. You need to have both there. Well, her husband was, her husband was one of the wealthiest men in Blair County. She was a princess to a foreign country. Her daddy was a king in a foreign country. She had one of the largest homes in, in Blair County. She had four sons grown who were hooked on drugs. She said, I have four Mercedes in my driveway just for them. And she said, I am probably the wealthiest woman in Blair County. And yet, she says, but I would trade it all just to have what you and Miss Bonnie have. Isn't that amazing? You see, there is he that makes himself rich, yet has nothing. Make yourself rich. Make yourself rich with the Lord through the Lord. So important. Proverbs 23, 4 says, Labor not to be rich. Labor not to be rich. Cease from your own wisdom. Will you set your eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. I used to remember the percentage, but of all the lottery winners... Many of them become bankrupt within five years. That's incredible. Millions. And they spend it all in five years and go in debt. Riches make themselves wings. Burning a hole in a pocket. I used to have that problem. $56 in my, in my pocket going into that sweet little, that had the sweetest uh, donuts, I guess, and cookies. Had to spend it. Burning a hole in the pocket. Not denying yourself anything is a bad sign. 
We need to have in our lives the discipline of self-denial. There are things we can afford. But do we, do we have to have it? My wife is so mean. She does not let me have everything I want. She does not let me have everything I want. And she always ends these conversations with, is it a need or a want? We need to remember that even in our lives, just because we can afford it, do we need, do we need it? Needs and wants. Of course, there's some things we need that are important to us. And sometimes our men, our wives won't agree or Women, our husbands won't agree, but if it's important to you, then explain that. There are riches worthy to pursue. Romans chapter 9, verse 20. I ask you to be ready there. Riches that are worthy to pursue. Romans 9, 20. No, but, O oh man, who art thou that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me this way? Hath not the potter over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction and 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 that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. Wow. That verse there about the potter and the clay. God's still working on us. I asked my wife, does she have any Play-Doh for today's message? She brought out this little bit. So... Uh, I, I really can't form a little human being out of it, but God did. God formed you and I out of clay. And he's got, the, he's got the right, if we give it to him, to roll us and to pound us and, and to chisel us and to get, the, get these pieces out of us that are... That he wants to make us a better Christian, more worthy and more useful to the Lord. And I just enc encourage you to understand that what God is doing with you, He's not finished. He's not finished with you. He's not finished with me. Till we're in that casket. Till the rapture. He's not finished. He's still working, rolling, picking bits of pieces of pieces off of us that he don't want. He's trying to prepare us for heaven. And when he has to, he uses the chisel and the hammer because 
He's the potter. And we are the clay. Wow. Buy more. Buy more Play-Doh next time. And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. Romans 11.35 Oh, the depth of the riches, both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways are past finding out. For who hath known for who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who is his counselor? Isaiah 64, 8. But now, O Lord, thou art our father. We are the clay, and thou art thou our potter. And we all are the work of thy hand. Jeremiah 18. Then I went down to the potter's house. And behold, he worked a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter because we're all imperfect. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then went the word of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? says the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. We, we, we see that as the clay is in the hand of the potter, that's important, to keep ourselves in his hand. Don't walk away. Don't climb out. Don't climb out. Huh. Ephesians 2, 4. Let's see if I can find where I'm supposed to be here. Ephesians 2, 4. But God who is rich in his mercy. That's what I want. Ephesians 2, 4. For God who is rich in his mercy. For his great love. Wherewith he loved us. Even when we were. Still in our sins, dead in sins, he quickened us together with Christ, with our sin in, in tow, because by grace we are saved. And he has raised up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. What a, the ages to come. This isn't all there is. There are ages to come that he will show us his exceeding riches. Folks, it's going to be wonderful. It's just going to be glorious when we get to heaven, either through death or through rapture. It's going to be wonderful. That same verse, verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Talking about Labor Day, talking about work, 
And it'd be kind of fun for you to take some time off today and talk about your work experience. We did it in men's fellowship. I really enjoyed it. Hearing some of the some of the the the, the places of work, some of our people, some of our men had worked. And I entrust you to I challenge you this afternoon or tomorrow. Start at the beginning and tell your loved ones all the different jobs you've had. Because God has a labor day. God worked on us. He's still working on us. We need to remember that and worship him for that because we are his workmanship. We are his pot of honor or dishonor created in Christ Jesus unto good works, to do good things, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. It was decided that we are to walk in good works with the power of Christ upon us. And then we, he gives us free will to walk away from that, to climb out of his hand, to, to, say, to, to say to the potter, I don't like what you're doing. I'm going to live life my way. So I ask you the question again. Do we go to work in order to get rich? No. No. We want to be rich in the Lord. Second, do we work to leave an inheritance? Okay, maybe. An inheritance is something we leave for our children. But I'd rather leave a spiritual legacy than a material inheritance. I'd rather have known that my children have grown up loving the Lord and teaching others to love the Lord. That my grandchildren are doing the same. That's worth more than having things in the garage that they'll take. Once I'm gone. Hmm. Colossians 1.12 says this. Being partakers of the inheritance of the saints. 1 Peter 1.4. To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. Sam Sam was a street person, lived on the streets. We see a lot of that right now in, in, the, in the news. And this very wealthy millionaire went down, found a man who was very drunk, very poorly clad, and he said, give me your name, and I'm going to go down the street, and I'm going to deposit $1 million in this bank account down there for you. Guy gave him his name and forgot all about him. The guy, the guy uh, forgot all about the, what the rich man had done. And he spent a life of, miser, of miser, misery. He was miserable with his life. He never did anything productive or useful. He just existed just existed. 20 years later, he found himself laying in the gutter. And when he woke up, he looked up and there was that bank 
that the rich man said, said that he would put money in. I'm going to try it. I go, he went in. He said, do I have money in this account, in this bank? And the teller looked it up and found out that he had millions because, because of all the interest. He had millions and he had spent his life barely existing when he didn't, when he had so much money and wealth and he ignored it. And many of us do that. We, we live like we're barely existing. We don't find purpose. We don't find, we don't find meaningful purpose in our lives until we find Christ and give ourselves into his hands. Could have had it all along. Do we work to leave an inheritance? So why do we work? I actually had a, I actually had a millennial tell me, why do I have to work? She, she can work. I want to say this. We're, we're in a different age. And it, to me, we should be teaching our children having disciplined ourselves to do it, teaching our children to work, to have work ethic. Many of the employers in, in the community tell me that it's so hard to find a young person that will work. <laughs> I remember, okay, okay. I, I remember the ice cream shop at Meadows and Maybe some of you work there, I don't know. But my son got a job there. Actually, my daughter did too. My son got a job there. And uh, he was out front doing all this. And he got his friend, David Decker, who was in our church for a while. He got his friend to work there with him. And I went in to get my ice cream, and Dick Meadows did this to me. So I came around the side. I went into the... I went into the office from the side, and he said, look at this. Okay, I'm looking. And here's David Decker sitting up on the table, just laughing and joking and watching everybody. And Jamie going to all the tables. And he says, Dick says, he thinks he's getting away with that. We don't get away with it. When we, when we as Christians have a job, even if we don't like it, I want to challenge you to do it as unto the Lord. Do it as unto the Lord. And David is now a pastor down in Kentucky. Jamie is a pastor in Virginia. But uh, I, just, I just remembered that because David didn't know anybody was watching him, and we all were. God's always watching. And I challenge you, employees, I challenge you to, when you work, even if you don't like the job, even if you don't agree with it, even if you don't agree with the bosses, I challenge you, do it as unto the Lord. 
Why do we work? Most of us work to make a living for ourselves, for our families. Some of us are more successful than others. Some of us have to work harder and make more sacrifices than others. But Colossians 3, 22 through 24, servants obey in all things. Now, when you say servant, for our day, it would be employees, workers. Employees, obey in all things your masters, your employers, according to the flesh. You're their employers according to the flesh. And not with eye service, just because they're watching. Not as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve, you Christians, you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, some of us work harder. Some of us make more sacrifices than others. I was struck by the men in men's fellowship. All of them, as soon as they lost one job, or if it closed down, they'd find another job. Some of it, most of it was backbreaking work in this area. But they stayed employed. They stayed with paychecks to pay their, their bills to keep their family fed, warm and dry. It will be worth it all someday. I want to remind you what we get. Again, first... First Peter 1, 3 through 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again. It's not over. We can start again. Hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fades not away, reserved in heaven. Think of that old man, now, just now found out that he's been rich all this time. Our inheritance is reserved in heaven, waiting for us to claim it. Work. One more warning about covetousness. Mark 4, 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So many distractions nowadays. Chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. Luke chapter 12, 13 again. Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses. We work so hard to get the things that, that, we, possess, that, that we want so much. I just challenge you. To also work to get his presence in your life. His power, his peace in your life. Make that a goal. 
You know, there is a qualifier to get your incorruptible, undefiled, eternal inheritance. Ephesians 5. For this you know that no whoremonger, whoremonger is someone who is sexually active out of marriage, no whoremonger nor unclean person, that has to do with the pornography thing in our society, nor covetous man, that's a man that's always wanting and wanting and wanting. Who is an idolater putting things first, putting other things before God. These people have no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And I point out to you that, again, he's, he's the potter. We're the clay. Keep yourselves into his hands. Put yourself into his hand. It probably hurts. It probably hurts to be pounded on and stretched. To be formed, to be remade. But would you do that today? Would you look at your life and your heart? And would you climb back into the hand of the potter. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes as musicians come? Lord Jesus, I say this again for all of us. Lord, be, be patient with us. Be patient with us as we grow and learn and step and try. But Lord, we ask you, Lord, to... We ask you, Lord, to lead us and direct us. And Lord, as... Some of us might be trying to climb back into your, your hand. Submitting to you whatever it is you are doing in our lives. Things that cannot be changed. Help us to accept them, Lord, and to sit in the palm of your hand. Things that cannot be changed. Help us, Lord, to cease fighting it. And to submit to you. Because you are the potter, we are the clay. Mold us and make us, Lord, after your will. Asking you, Lord Jesus, that if there be someone here that's not even sure they're a Christian, they're not sure, Lord, if, they're not sure, Lord, if they were to die today or if the rapture were to happen today, they don't know they'd go to heaven but they'd like to make sure and maybe today could be the day, Lord, that they ask you once and for all finally to come into your, to come into their heart. You can do that right here in your pew, quietly talking to God. He's listening. The creator of the universe and your potter is listening to your prayers. You would say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I know the penalty. For being a sinner is that I can't go to heaven and get that inheritance 
But I know on the cross you paid the penalty. And you died in my place and for me. Lord, please come into my heart. Come into my life. I need you worse than ever. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. I climb back into your hands for you to care for, protect. For you to work me and make me after your will. Come into my heart right now, Lord Jesus. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just prayed that prayer and you meant it with all your heart, would you raise your hand that I might see? Is there anyone? Lord, I trust that you are working in the hearts of these people. Lord, I trust, Lord, that if any, that if any have forgotten the importance of work and doing it as unto you, I pray, dear Lord, there would be a new commitment to their work. Asking you, Lord, to bless these with wisdom in teaching the younger generation about work. But Lord, thank you for making a way to make a life. Help us to be the best we can be. In Jesus' name, amen.